Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Time for another edition of Mondays with Matt here in the middle of May. That's a lot of M's. <laughs> Put that in there three times really fast. Uh, but we got a good podcast lined up for folks as we are going to talk beneficiary mistakes. We got five beneficiary mistakes that uh, maybe could be spoiling your retirement plan. So we're going to dive into that with Matt. What's going on, my friend? How are you this week? Hi, Mark. I'm doing well. We are right in the middle of May here. And um, so lots of things happening. Our spring is turning into summer here shortly. <laughs> you never can tell what the weather here. This is and, true. Uh, and, um, but, but um, we just, I just had a neat opportunity to have my son home for a little bit from the Marine Corps. And um, awesome. um, so this is, this podcast is hitting right when he's going, heading back to uh, North Carolina. So oh, yeah, there you go. Right yep. back down so, to my neck of the woods. So there you go. That's right. Yeah. So uh, thank you to all all of you service members that are clients and listening. And uh, even those of you that aren't that are listening, we always appreciate your service. And Mark, your daughter is also yep. serving our military. Yep. She's in the Navy. Your boy's in the Marines. So certainly uh, proud of them. That's for sure. And, and since, you know, we're just kind of using that as a, a, a thing. One of the things they had to learn, She, Allie had to learn. She had some new things she had to do was, Oh, I've got to do some more responsibility, some more adulting things. And uh, as the parents, right, there's there's certain things that you start to not become eligible for as far as information goes. Uh, and beneficiary mistakes is is a big one that as we get older, we kind of get, oh, wait, I have to do this. I've got insurance. i got to name somebody. You know, all that kind of stuff. So no matter what your age is, I think these beneficiary mistakes, um, this top five here, can be applicable to many situations. So... I want to have you break, yeah, because I mean, it doesn't matter if you're 20 and getting something, and you've got a 401k, or, or you know, and you've got to list someone, or you're 50, right? Whatever the case is, so it could apply to a lot of people. So I want to have you break down a few of the the big areas where we can step in a little bit, okay? Okay. All right. So first one is naming minors as beneficiaries. That probably won't happen for younger folks, but for many of us who are, you know, certainly over 50. Um, or maybe even 40, sometimes we only have one child. I mean, I only had the one, and there was a time period where it's like, okay, she's the only one we can technically name, and she's a minor, and that does cause some issues. So what are some things to think about? Yeah, this is um, this is an important topic, uh, beneficiaries, as you said, and naming them properly it can cause uh, a great degree of, of flexibility and a smooth transition, or it can really mess up your plan. So you really need to pay attention to this. Number one is naming the minors as the beneficiaries. Always be careful about this. Um, minors, depending on what state you're in, um, but normal age of majority is 18. Um, some some states it's 21. Um, but you you got to beware. If minors inherit things like IRAs or, or other accounts, are, number one is the question, are they prepared to deal with it? And the answer to most often is no. Um, you you have to establish a guardianship account often, and it brings us back to the importance of getting your will and powers of attorney or even a living trust done. So if you are um, older and you have minor children that are going to be named beneficiaries, you should definitely talk to an attorney right away about setting up a, a living trust because if the assets are paid properly, there's some reasons why you might want to name your beneficiary specifically for an IRA so they can kind of stretch the income and taxes out rather than pay it all at once. 
but also um, they're not eligible to receive or manage these investments until their age of majority. Yeah. And uh, so it causes a real, real complication or uh, an issue. So as always, um, for legal questions, I would I would refer you to your attorney. But if you haven't done a will, powers of attorney, and uh, maybe a living trust, if you have minor children, definitely when you get done listening to this podcast, do that because that's going to uh, make sure that your wishes are are attained. That you ha- also a big thing is naming a guardian for your children to raise them. So. That often ties in with the beneficiaries on on naming minors. Yeah. So definitely, definitely get that done right away. That's super, super important. And uh, maybe some of you are grand grandparents, and you want your grandchildren named specifically. Uh, often they'll put. Often people will use a trust, and they'll say, "We'll pay them out so much at twenty one, or so much at, at age twenty five. Uh, but you need to think about it, naming a person that's going to possibly survive you as a trustee to manage the funds for your children, and then. If the kids need private school or if they need clothes or they need additional expenses, then this trustee is in charge of the funds and they can adequately manage the funds. So definitely, yeah, point. again, you got to pull your attorney in, got to pull an estate plan together and do this right. Let me go to this next one real fast. And that's not naming an alternate or successor beneficiary. It kind of works well with the naming minors uh, So, because you were touching on some of that already. So mm-hmm. having a secondary person is not a bad idea at all. Even I'll just go ahead and back to using myself as an example, Matt, since you brought up um, you know, our family as, as the beginning of the podcast. We only have the one kid, right? So if I was to list my wife and no one else and Granted, the odds of her and I passing away at the same time are maybe pretty slim, but we could be an accident. You never know, right? Then there's no one listed as an alternative, right? Which many people do. They'll list their spouse, which is totally fine. But make sure you list an alternate, right? So have another person on there, whether it's your kid or, you know, a cousin or a brother or, you know, whomever, but consider having an alternate. Yeah, absolutely. This is so, so important. I was just having a conversation with somebody who was listed their kids and then they wanted, um, grandkids remembered, but not necessarily the spouse of their child. Now, this is kind of normal for estate planning, but not all of those in-laws are in-laws. Some of them are more like outlaws. <laughs> and so right. um, you may not want your your child's portion to go to their spouse. But in some states, like Michigan is this way, um, you know, uh, you and it, and it depends on the investment company, actually, uh, how they how they pay out. But um, you you definitely want to take a, a a look and name a successor beneficiary, but also make sure that in the event that that the first person doesn't survive, let's say you have a child pass away and you don't want the spouse to get it, okay, you should name maybe any any offspring that they have, uh, but name a successor. So maybe yeah. it's not your child, even if it's a charity, name somebody as a backup to a, a primary beneficiary. That always should be done. Sometimes people are in such a rush to get an account open or account moved that they just, uh, I don't know, you know, and I ask them, well, who would you want to get it if beneficiary A doesn't survive you? I don't know. Um, okay. Can you just pick somebody? <laughs> pick, you know, your your niece or nephew, because everybody wants your rich uncle to die, right? And leave you something. But no, it's super important to name a successor beneficiary, because if nobody is named, then it will go up to the court to decide. So Adding a, a contingent beneficiary or a backup beneficiary, and it's, if you will, it's easy. It's I mean, just super easy. Just name somebody, right? I mean, or name a charity. Or yeah, there your, you go. You know, 
Yeah. I always, I always, it's, it, it scars me almost to think of the number of people who can't think of a, a, a backup person. And I'm like, well, gosh, I could use the money or no, <laughs> but seriously, mm-hmm. a charity, you know, I, I always think about people that sometimes barely survive on social security, you know, like a widow of a, of somebody when, you're, oh, when yeah. your spouse dies and you lose a pension and you lose half of the social security, like name a friend of yours or name anybody as a backup. But if your primary doesn't survive it, yeah, definitely should have a backup named. Okay. Not coordinating your beneficiary designation in your will. This is a big one. This is a big mistake because many people don't realize. They think, well, I've got a will. As a matter of fact, I just had an email question on a radio show I was doing um, the other day, a couple of days ago, um, that came into the program. And the person was asking, they were basically saying, hey, uh, you know, the um, uh, like a family member is contesting it because the will said that they were going to get something, but the insurance policy, the BD was listed as a different person, right? And that's that's the rule. So like it or not, it doesn't matter what you write in your will. If you don't change your BD, your beneficiary designation, that's where it's going. So if you get remarried and your will says that the new wife gets stuff or the new husband gets stuff, but the uh, you know the name on the beneficiary mat is the old wife or the old husband, that's where it's going. Absolutely. This is 100% true and you got to watch out. Coordinate, coordinate the the beneficiary designation on your investment accounts to where they should go. Um, I mean, once people, a year, right? Just update these things or just double check them, right? It's, just, it's easy. Just pull your will out or your trust if you have one um, and look at who is named and look at the distribution of assets clause in, the, in your trust. So what you do is if it's been a while since you've done this, Come and see us. Bring me, bring it to me, and I will help you look it over, and I will help you change your beneficiaries to match what's in the trust. And Matt, it doesn't even—it's not even just an insur- like something like a trust, right? Like it's this is also just four hundred one k's or just yeah. insurance policies. Like you have to have the right person listed because if you don't, let's say you passed away and it's just you and you have. You know, um, I don't know, whatever the case is, listed that, that you talked about outlaws. Let's say you have that son-in-law <laughs> you don't like anymore, right? And he's listed on there and you don't want him to get it. Well, he's going to get it, right? So exactly. Whether yeah. it's your and 401k or anything. Right. That's super important. Your investment accounts are going to pass by the, the beneficiary designation. Right. Despite what's in a will, despite what's in a trust. It, it trumps it. All it. Yep. that way. Yep. Yep. And so if you coordinate them, it's super easy to do. It takes a little bit of time sometimes. If you got a lot of accounts, but it's called funding the will or funding the trust. Mm -hmm. And um, if you have those documents made up legally, but you haven't changed the beneficiaries, watch out. Um, I just recently experienced this with somebody who lost a child. Um, The child was um, in a situation where they have, you know, a a child and and a spouse, but never changed the beneficiary on life insurance policy. And so your old mom got the policy that was probably supposed to go to the estate for their own child. And out of all the different things you do and set up and change, um, if you forget, it gets paid out according to the beneficiary designation form. So those can be, you know, those can be, those can cause a lot of questions then because um, my experience was, you know, we were trying to answer, well, geez, you know, what was the, what was the intent? We've talked about this in other podcasts. What was the purpose for the money? So was it left that way? Was it a mistake? We, you know, so get it done, do it right, and make sure the proper people are named. Make sure you have a backup named. Exactly. And then let's talk about the estate. Uh, you were touching around that a little bit. So let's go to mistake number four: naming your estate as a beneficiary. 
this can be, again, you want to make sure you're working with a team on this because if you don't have stuff set right, often things will go through probate. And if you're trying to avoid that, this, this might get you in a little trouble. Yes. Um, so naming your estate as a beneficiary um, normally will, yeah, you'll have to have an estate account opened up through the probate court. Um, this gives courts, um, number one, it's, it makes everything public. So mm-hmm. yeah. you may not can, want that, right? People can research and go see what, how much went through the estate, how much that person had. Well, which um, is why a trust, you've been mentioning that, is it could be more popular. And it's not nearly as expensive. And you don't have to be a millionaire Rockefeller to have a trust. That's always a misnomer as well. Because uh, mm-hmm. a trust can keep this more private. So, absolutely. You know, that's a good thing yeah. to think about. A living trust keeps virtually all of it private if, if it's funded properly. So, um, yeah, if you name your estate as a beneficiary, again, your assets will go through that process um, through probate. To to and, and, and probate is simply if you just have a will, a basic will, and then you name your estate as the beneficiary, yep. the it, court it gets still to has say. to go through probate, and the judge will say, well, who is it payable to the will? And then they, they but, rule. Yeah, they, the get a, is, they get a say in it, so... The problem is, you know, getting through through the probate process. If it's if it's more than just a simple estate, mm-hmm. the time frame, you know, I'm told by some attorney friends, is probably a minimum of nine months. So, yeah. if your house isn't titled to, if you haven't prepared a quick claim or a ladybird deed or have anybody transfer on death to somebody, right? It your house will be part of your estate that goes through probate. Now, attorney fees often will range from three to ten percent of the value. So. You got a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house, you know, and it costs ten percent to get it clear through probate. That's twenty five grand's coming out of your kid's pocket. Mm, um, ouch! Just to get it in their name. So don't yeah. make a stupid mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, a lot of these are really easy to fix. You know, the estate, the trust, it gets a little more complicated. You certainly want to get uh, with a financial professional as well as a, a you know an attorney, an estate attorney. But I mean, naming a you know adjusting uh, a secondary person, adding a secondary person, just making sure that the right person that you want getting it uh, is listed on your insurance policy or your you know whatever or your four hundred one k. I mean, those are easy. And so is this last one, which is just making an error on the application. It doesn't cost you anything uh, to fix this stuff. It's just taking a minute, making sure that the BDs is the right name, it's the right Social Security, that kind of stuff. Can it get fixed? Yes, but it's just adding stress, aggravation, and so on and so forth for something that's an easy fix. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I work with a lot of people on beneficiaries and beneficiary changes on their on their account applications. And it might be helpful for you if you don't have your kids' social security numbers or social security numbers of those you're going to leave the money to, uh, to go ahead and capture their name, address, social security number, date of birth, and if they don't mind giving it to you. Because this is often something that um, a lot of people out there with the same name, you know, even similar birth dates. And for instance, I'm there's another financial advisor with Matt Starkey, uh, you know, somewhere out there because I, I occasionally run into that when I'm working with different companies. So you want to make sure your social numbers are correct. Do mistakes happen? Yeah, there's errors sometimes on the applications. And I'm going to confess to you all that recently and first time ever in 21, 22 years I've been doing this, (laughs) Uh that I was taking notes and I had husband and wife there. And I don't know if it's because they were both talking or if I what happened, but I took down the social security number and I put instead of putting a two at the end of it, I put a four. Mm. And so they... We got the stuff all ready to go. They viewed it in DocuSign. They approved it. We were sitting down face to face. They didn't and I catch it either, wrote, huh? 
I actually wrote on the wrong number, but when the DocuSign came to them to sign, they didn't look at the information closely enough. They didn't see her social number was wrong. And the account got opened in the wrong social number. Oh, geez. Is it the end of the world? No, but it is a pain in the butt. It's a hassle, right? Now we have to mail them a W-9. They have to sign it saying what her correct tax number was. And for this person, they just didn't, they happened to misplace their social security card when when I said, oh, could you just give me a picture of the social card or bring it in? We can copy it. Well, they had to order a new social card. So it took like couple weeks to get right. this not, yeah, simple to, little thing. To, right, to your point, not the end of the world, but you know, two yep. two mistakes were made. You know, one, you copied the number wrong, and B, they didn't catch it upon verification. So just review things and double check. Yep. This is super important, but um, errors, uh, when, you, when it comes to your beneficiaries also, um, I had somebody one time named Friends because she was single and she didn't have uh, – family members that right. she wanted to get this money to. So she named these friends and gave me the birth dates. Well, she gave me them from memory, which I didn't realize, but she passed away and I contacted the friends and got a hold of them and they had to submit their verification that, you know, because she had their, one of them, she had misspelled the name and gave the wrong date of birth. So we had to send in ID with all this to get the, get the accounts to the right people. But yeah, this yeah. is a, it's an important thing. So definitely Check, double check, and triple check when you're when you're doing applications and when you're making beneficiary changes. You want to make sure it's the right organizations. If you're doing charities, make sure they're addressed at the right place. And um, so, just double check everything. Be accurate. Yep. Be detailed. And most of these are pretty easy, folks. So five beneficiary mistakes, pretty easy to, to make, pretty easy to fix. So just take the time to do it. If you've got questions and concerns, as Matt said earlier, if you need some help with some of this stuff, if you need some recommendations on an estate attorney, a state attorney uh, for something more complicated, whatever the case might be, reach out to Matt and let him know you need some help. GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com is where you can find him online. That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify. Just type in Mondays with Matt in the search box of those apps or stop by his website and find it there as well. GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. Matt, thanks for hanging out and breaking it down. Hey, no problem, Mark. It's always a pleasure. And um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate your feedback, too. So if you hear something that you like, definitely let us know. If you are not subscribed to our um, daily email, um, we send out every couple of days, actually. Don't, don't try to be there bugging you all the time. Um, just shoot us an email or sign up on our website, and we'd love to uh, add you to the list. And uh, you can share with your friends, too. There you go. All right. And we'll catch you next time here on Mondays with Matt. We'll be back with a new episode in June. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.